This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Welcome to First Class Counselors, where we give camp counselors insider tips and advice on how to make a camper's summer the best it can be. And whether you are brand new to the camp world or you have a few campfires under your belt, we are doing this podcast for anyone who is looking to become a first-class counselor, someone who cares about what they do and cares about making the camp experience awesome for kids. Yeah, my name is Oliver. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm the executive director of Camp Winona YMCA in Leon Springs, Florida. And my name is Matt Wilford, pronouns are he, him. I'm the director of overnight programs for Campfire Circle, an organization that brings the camp experience to kids and families affected by pediatric cancer and other severe illnesses. Yeah, and today we're talking about the most wanted summer job in the entire world. And we're not floating our own boats here. It is an honest thing that we're saying because honestly, with recent pay increases, the workplace experience that camps can offer, and the amazingness that camp just is on its own, it is truly a job that people from all around the world are seeking. So how do you stand out, and how do you stand out in your interview so that you can get that job that everyone is looking for? So today we're going to cover the application process and some of the important parts of the interview when you're going in for that dream job. And for some context for our listeners, this is definitely like an insider tips and tricks episode. Oliver and I are recording this in January. So you're getting camp director Matt and Oliver who have been sitting through camp interviews for the last month. So take it from these two directors who have been sifting through resumes, cover letters. Um, We we could do a whole episode on some horror stories that we've seen probably in the last month. Um, But we're going to give you all the insider tips and tricks for success. Um, So stay tuned. You're going to get a lot of great pieces of advice. We're going to talk about um, if you're a returning applicant, we're going to talk about just like finding a camp. If you don't have a camp home yet or you're looking for a new place, we'll give you some good tips here. What the first step of your application looks like and how to be a Um, really uh, intentional about that. We'll talk about how to present yourself in the interview, and then we'll wrap up with some of our favorite interview questions that you should know or have some answers prepared for. Yeah, it's fun. And Matt is right. It's fresh on the table for us. In fact, today of this recording, I've done 11 interviews. So it is interview season. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to be honest with you, all of them were all over Zoom. So it that's a huge part of how interviews are happening for camps today. So just know that a lot of times when camps are talking about interviews, we're also talking that digital, that Zoom call. Um, It's a lot to ask someone to take that trip uh, to come up to camp to do an interview. So a lot of camps are doing their interviews um, over the phone or by Zoom. So, Uh, but we want to start right now with the returning applicants, the, the people who have been to camp for a long time, but they're doing the interview for their camp again. So uh, it does vary camp to camp on what their interview process is for returning staff. Some will um, say, you know, in the middle of summer or close to the end of the summer while they're doing evals and stuff, hey, look, we want you to come back. Let's sign you on and let's get you coming back. And you never even have to do an interview because your interview was how well you did that summer. And the way that your camp views it is just saying, hey, we're keeping you on. Other camps want to make sure that you know, maybe you have that interview practice. Maybe they're not so sure. Maybe they just want a way to catch up with you 
somewhere between summers to get an idea of where you're at in your life. Because for me as a camp director, I know that my staff is changing when they leave camp and they go to school, they get a different job, they maybe start traveling. So I kind of want to know, you know, what have you been up to? Uh, What's changed in the, um, in the time that it's been since we were, uh, we were last together, Matt, what are some things that you're looking at when it comes to kind of returning applicants and that process for you? For sure. Yeah, we treat our returning applicants, and I think a lot of camps do this. You know, sometimes the the interview process is expedited a little bit. Um, and, you know, there might be a short interview, but you're still interviewing for that job. It's not it's not necessarily yours. Um, and I think zooming out, I think some camps even more and more are starting to let their staff know at the end of the previous summer whether you're welcome to come back. And I think I, I'm kind of half and half on this. Like you said, Oliver, people change year over year and, and there's a lot of different parts of growth. But I think if you're a returning applicant and I, this advice I would give you, if you're like gunning for a new job, you should really go out of your way to show your camp director why you're ready for that job. And not just because you have a year of camp under your belt because the industry is changing and you that might have been the way that people rose through the ranks just because they've done a job they're ready to do a new one but more and more camps are realizing that they need to look into other places to find their like supervisory staff or managers or um, camper support specialists we are more likely going to be looking for people with skills and experience um, for those roles and we're more open to teaching someone about what campus all about that's easier to actually teach than someone who doesn't have any professional experience with camper support or as a senior manager or those kinds of things so you know you have some competition even though you've been at camp before so i think it's really important to not just lean on the fact that you know camp because that is an asset but it doesn't just mean you're going to get the job. So you actually have to show your director that you've put in some work. And I, I've had staff, you know, book a call with me. I, I didn't ask them to do this. They booked a call with me and said, hey, I really want to get this position. What do I have to do to, to get there? What what professional development can I do? And, and, you know, that shows me that a staff member is really committed to their growth. Um, and they, they really care about that job that they're applying for. So, so be really intentional about how you approach coming back to camp, especially if you want a, a role with a little bit more responsibility. Yeah. And I think I honor that mentality as well. It's, the, there's no sense of entitlement there. I still want to work for the position I'm going to have. I'm not going to cut corners if I'm given yeah. this position. The mentality of, hey, look, I'm a hard worker and I want to deserve the roles that I'm getting placed in uh, or I want to earn them. I think that's something that myself as a camp director and I really think any supervisor is kind of looking for when it comes to their staff. Uh, and, and the last things that I'm going to say is, you know, and it, we kind of alluded to it, keep that professionalism, right? Like you are still sitting down for an interview even if you know it's more casual, even if you know that it's with people you know, and you know, and even if you, you know, in the back of the head, really do know that this interview is is mostly just kind of going through the motions. Um, show that when you go through the motions, you do it right. Right? There are mm-hmm. a thousand things in life that we do rep, you know, over and over again, and we have a repetition with, and we're comfortable with, and we can do it really well, or um, it, we can go into it and be comfortable. Um, but showing that we can. Re- repeat something or do something that may not be, um, how do you say the most, you know, the thing that make is so easy to do is just something that 
feels like a waste of time, right? Like it's tedious to have to do this when you already know you're getting the position. So, so for you to show like, Hey, look, even in a tedious job or I think something that may seem, you know, unnecessary, I'm still going to give it the focus and attention that it deserves. And I think that's really important. Uh, but let's, let's move away from returners. We, we, We'll, we can talk about you guys all night if we really wanted to, but what we really, really want to uh, move into is kind of for those people who are maybe coming into camp their first time or maybe trying to find, you know, another camp, you know, explore a little bit and, and maybe see some other places. So let's talk about finding a camp, right? Finding somewhere that you might think is the right space for you. And the first thing that I'm going to suggest is, you're going online. In today's modern society, there's a lot of different ways to start looking for camps. But it doesn't have to be simple Google search. That's a great way. Um, like for me personally, um, I know I, I'm a pretty Y guy. I'm in the YMCA. So I might go to like YMCA.net um, because that's a field that I'm, uh, I'm really uh, connected to. But you could also just go onto Google Maps and search summer camps. And then all these little red dots pop up. And you can start looking geography, like in the route of geography and what's closest to where you want to be. Maybe that doesn't matter to you because you also have the mentality that, hey, if I go and work at camp, they're going to provide me food. They're going to provide me housing. I don't really care where I go. I want to see some new things, explore and get to meet some new people. So that's totally a great way to think about it. Um, there are ways to kind of determine, oh, sorry, in the, in the continued search, you can also put yourself on a hiring agency if you're international. We've talked about these, but there's um, INA, which is great. CCUSA, another great. AmeriCamp, another well-recommended. Camp America, uh, Camp Leaders. Uh, there are a lot of different agencies out there. Sorry for those who I didn't give a shout-out to, but uh, <clears throat> they do a great job in helping you find the right camp for you. Uh, the other is if you're an American, don't think that there's not sites for you to put your resume or application on. Camp Gig or uh, CampStaff.com are also great ways for you to put your name out there. Um, once you start thinking that you have found maybe the camp for you, whether it is a traditional camp or maybe a sports camp or uh, a church camp of some sort, um, start to do a little bit of research. Check your Google reviews. Um, see, you can check them out on ratemycamp.com. Uh, I don't know how much more that one's used now because most people are just doing Google reviews. Um, check out Facebook, even if you're younger and you don't have a Facebook or it's not really your thing. That's where parents are really are, are going to be leaving a review for a camp, so that's a really good spot to check. Um, and then you can also look into um, your Instagrams uh, of the camps, your uh, TikTok if the camp has one, and then also search what people are looking at it. So what do people, when someone mentions that camp, what are the mentions that are going out to it? Um, and that's another way that people kind of leave reviews or you can see how much popularity that camp has in, in the long run. So social media is a great way to do it, uh, but not just their page, who's tagging them in their posts. And then one little trick, and um, this will be my last little one, is um, call the camp themselves over the phone and talk to somebody on the phone. If you're uncomfortable with maybe them like knowing that you're a potential employee or you want to keep some anonymity, uh, a great trick is to just pretend to be the parent of a potential camper and ask the questions about camp just like a kind of a parent would. Um, they're going to answer them. They're, they're going to want to tell you the things that they do um, for campers, and you'll get a good idea of what their expectations are of you as a counselor. What, are your, what is your job to provide to kids based off of what that camp is making promises to parents? So um, 
those are a lot of my tips and tricks. I definitely have a few more, but I'll let Matt kind of take over the mic for uh, just a second here. Um, <clears throat> Matt, what are some things that you are doing when it comes to trying to search for the right camp for you? Yeah, Oliver, you gave a really good list. I am just furiously adding links to our documents. So I can put them in the show notes. Um, and just if, if you're from Canada or looking for Canadian summer camps, Camp Canada is another one. Um, yeah, we're going to miss some. Doesn't mean that any are necessarily better than the other. And they're not partners of the podcast, but Oliver and I have used some of these services to find staff in the past too. So um, yeah, definitely check those out. The... The other, the other place, um, maybe that's bigger in Canada. I think it's bigger in the States too is indeed.com. Um, it sounds like a very basic place for, for posting jobs, but we've gotten a lot of really good applicants at, um, Campfire Circle from, uh, from Indeed. So it's not a bad place to look. Camps are likely posting. Also checking your university or college job boards. A lot of camps are starting to post, uh, there or there might be info nights for you to check out. So a couple more, um, places for you to find the right one. I want to talk a little bit about the mindset going into this search because we've just given you a bunch of links and you can do a bunch of Googling and it might not help you find the right camp because you're just looking for a summer job. Now, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but camp is such a great opportunity to set you up for success for the rest of your life and help you discover if you really want to do the things you think you want to do. I had somebody who worked at camp um, as our summer nurse, and she came into the summer being like, I, I want to be a pediatric nurse. And then she left the summer and was like, I don't think I really like kids that much. And she was a great nurse, was super kind to our kids, but that was kind of a neat way for her to, to figure out what she actually didn't want to do. And now she's she's working with older folks in nursing and she's super happy with it. So camp is a great place to find or not find what you what you want to do. But how this pertains to the job search is really think about your goals. Think about what motivates you, whether it's now or in the future, whether you want to find something that's going to like pad your resume for law school or med school or engineering school or something like that, and find a summer camp that is going to help you with that goal or that motivation. There are so many different kinds of summer camps out there. Oliver and I definitely represent the like traditional overnight camp side of things, but there are STEM or STEAM camps that will like be a great thing on an engineering resume. Um, there are camps with medical focus, whether it's um, like for kids with cancer, like like my camp, or there's diabetes camps or general special needs camps. There are so many different kinds of camps for you to get involved with um, that it's not just limited to the to the overnight experience that we're used to. So definitely, you know, kind of look at with that in mind and. The other tip I'll give you is that more and more camps who actually really care about the staff experience are going to be talking about that on their website. So, you know, I, um, you know, we, we try to do a really good job of showing staff what they're getting into before they just apply. Uh, for staff. And I, I always think that if you're being very picky about where you're going, it's good to look at those kinds of things. Um, you know, some camps are putting out videos and TikToks and Instagram reels and all of those things uh, just specifically about the staff experience. And I, I would think that if someone is putting that much effort to do a very like genuine, organic, reach out to say, hey, this is what our camp is about, then I think that they really do care about that staff experience and that's going to translate into the summer. Um, 
you can tell when a camp has like hired a PR firm or something like that to to make like a, a work at camp video. It's going to be like lots of flashy with like drone shots and and music, inspirational music playing behind. But you can tell when it's really organic, and that's that's a camp that I would for sure take a second look at if I was looking for my first camp job. Yeah, perfect. Uh, yeah, some last notes that I put on this is I did mention reviews, but if a camp has bad reviews. Um, a suggestion I would make is maybe try to figure out when those reviews were made and if new leadership has stepped in since then. Um, I know that I've seen that before. Um, also just noting if there is new leadership stepping in, um, who is it stepping in, right? Are they a first time camp director like myself in 2021? Um, or is it, um, you know, someone who's maybe been around and this is their, you know, 15th year in camping and they know what they're doing or, they're returning uh, from that staff team uh, that's had good reviews for all these years, and they're going to maintain that. So that's a really good way to kind of get a grade. Um, and then <clears throat> some of the questions that you're asking if you do a phone call or you talk to somebody who's been involved with the camp is find out the demographics that matter to you. So what's the size? What kind of campers are they serving? What are some important traditions at that camp? Those are great questions to ask. Um, asking about some of the benefits, time off, what's the pay, accommodations, and also what positions are available? You know, how does this camp have its lineup for you? Um, so, you know, maybe if you're going to do two or three summers uh, that you might be able to move up and maybe try a leadership position or maybe do different types of camp there, right? You could be a junior counselor in like your first year. You could be a head counselor. You could um, do trips. You could do um, very specific types of camping, right? Like maybe you lead the um, uh what is it? The top chef week camping, right? Um, so that maybe it's a specialty camp that's being hosted by that camp that you work at. So a lot of camps, a lot of different things to do. And the one thing that I will say is make sure, make, make sure that you are not looking for the camp that is a hundred percent perfect. Okay. There's going to be things that you look at and you go, uh, I don't know. Um, that's okay. Um, part about camp is being able to take on new challenges and having new experiences and, you know, finding out what that is. Don't expect every little thing to be perfect um, because camp is not a movie, right? It's not all those great movies that you probably watched growing up from the late nineties. All our said people who grew up that time period. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, just know that like camp is about um, having that little bit of um, specialness to it. So that comes to it. So let's move on. We're going to talk about applying. So now we found the camp. That's what's important. So you're going to be handing something over to this camp or you're going to be starting that process. Matt, what are some things that you're doing to start that process in the best way possible? Yeah, Oliver, you got to the show notes before me on this one, and I'm really excited about your tips. So I'm just going to give you a couple of things with the mindset with applying. And then, Oliver, you have some really, really good ones coming up. My my two tips. One is just make your make make a part of your application or your whole application, including your cover letter and your resume specific to the camp that you're applying to. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I was applying for my, my next camp director job after my last one, I definitely had like a format of my resume and of my cover letter um, that, that I, I kind of modified from, but you better believe that I did my research. And this is, this is, going to come up again in our next topic when it comes to the interview, but do your research about the camp. Find out some specific things, find out their mission statement, find out how they do programming, 
or and look at the role that you're applying for. And you really want to tailor your resume and your cover letter to that job. And some camps, I know this is more in the corporate world, but I know that some camps use some software to look at your resume and your cover letter and they're looking for keywords. And often those keywords are going to be ones that align with the camp's mission statement or it'll, if the, if the, if the, uh, job posting lists advantageous criteria or, you know, competencies for staff that are like honest, respect, caring. If it's a Y camp, it's pretty easy to think about what <laughs> you're going to use. You're going to use those core values in your, in your cover letter and your resume. You want to show that you are here for this job specifically. And this is like really an insider tip just because I've been looking at cover letters and resumes, even down to the file name of what it says. If I see someone's resume that says like resume draft one or resume, it's got the little brackets because you can tell you've copied and pasted the file a bunch. That says something really specific, especially compared to someone who says, um, you know, Matt Wilfred, campfire circle, camp counselor resume. That file name shows me that this is actually something specific for me. Um, and I say all of this because your application is your first impression. It you want to make it like very indicative of the type of person that you are. Are you fun? Are you experienced? Are you open to learning? Do you love teaching? Do you love hanging out with kids? What's your experience doing those things? And all of that is really, really important. And the last thing I'll say is just make sure you highlight that really relevant experience to the camp job. I, I'm fine if all you have done is worked at a fast food place that's okay. You can put it down there, but really think, do you have other experience that is relevant? Have you babysat kids before? Um, Have you volunteered with your school at an after-school program? Have you been like an ambassador for younger grades? Um, What things do you think are going to be relevant to that? Even thinking about like the clubs you're a part of at your school. If If I'm looking at someone's resume who wants to be our, let's say, drama and dance instructor, you better believe I want to see that they've been in a music before. And even though you might not think that that's what working at camp is all about, that relevant experience is going to stand out and show me the type of person that you are and why you're applying for this camp and this job specifically. Yeah, no, those are great points. And I think a lot of it that Matt, you hype on is that it needs to show you personally, right? It can't be the cold cookie cutter information because at the end of the day for your camp job, it's going to be a lot about who you are. And for most staff, you know, who might be between 16 to 24, 25, whatever it might be that younger, you're not going to have information that, you know, is quantitative to show your success, right? Like when you get to a position where, you know, you might be a director or something like that. Yeah. You might put in information about budgeting or, um, the number of campers who came and the increase over time into your resume. That's great information, but that's because, you know, at that point, you're going in to operate a business. When you are a camp counselor, you're going in there because you are the business, right? Mm-hmm. So you are honesty, respect, responsibility, and caring. I'm so happy, Matt, that after all these years, you're starting to catch on to the wine. <laughs> <value. laughs> I'm working on it. Um, but, uh, but like, that's the difference, right? And you as a counselor, you want to reflect that in your uh, resume or CV, whatever you may call it, and especially in your cover letter, which is a persuasive essay of saying, hey, this is me. This is who I am at my core. 
So um, some quick tips, and this is the quickest of quick tips, as somebody who, has, who once had to help freshmen in college write their resumes. Um, one, there are so many blueprints available to you on uh, Word, on Google, just searching on the web and finding resume blueprint. Please just find one and use that to format it so that it is a clear, legible, there's, clear, like, there's nice fonts, there's good spacing. Please do that. It will make your resume look so much better and professional um, by doing that than in trying to make it yourself, especially if you may or may not be the most accomplished in Word or PowerPoint or whatever your, I don't know why you're making PowerPoint, or whatever publisher, that's what I was thinking of, uh, whatever thing you're using. So just know that. Um, I say keep your resume to a page, especially when you're younger. You don't want to try and push more information onto that paper that's possible, but I will contradict myself. I do not want to look at an empty resume. It's like what Matt was saying. If you are on the volleyball team, put that on your resume. If you have traveled across the United States, put it on your resume. If you have gone dog walking, if you have done service trips, you have done so much in your life. Try and put it onto paper so people can truly see who you are, okay? Don't be embarrassed by the things that you've done. Those are stories of your own that somebody else is going to connect with. Now, I'm not saying you put the dumb things that have happened to your life on there, like I once crashed a car and had to figure out how insurance works. Don't put that on your resume. However, um, if you've worked at the local gas station, that's not an embarrassing job. That proves to me that you were on time to work, that you had to handle a till, that you had to stock shelves, like you had responsibilities. Put those jobs on there so you don't have a blank page. Um, I personally like photos on resumes. It's a, it's a personal thing for me. I know that collectively that's not a big thing, but if I can see a person there who's generally happy, it does positively affect me as a hiring person, as a hiring agent, right? Like I just see joy and that makes me want to hire you. Um, there is a lot behind that though, as far as, you know, civil rights and, you know, what, and equality uh, and equity and what that means for maybe people of color who are applying for jobs. I understand that. Um, uh, and I do my best to make sure that I do not um, allow that to affect me. But I do like looking at a photo of someone and I get to kind of see into their eyes and kind of feel um, if they're a happy person. Um, it just generally works for me. Also, like, can they like make themselves look presentable to take a photo? I, it just, I, I buy it. Um, and then um, I am not a stickler for grammar, which is another thing. If I see a spelling error in your document, unless I'm hiring you for a spelling-like thing, um, I'm not going to stick to it, stick on it for too much unless there's too many. But generally, please make sure someone reviews your resume and make sure that all your grammar is correct. There's a lot of little things that you might get caught on, and having someone look it over will really help you out. Um, and then finally, I'm going to talk about cover letters. Um, here's my trick to writing a good cover letter. Are you ready? Very simple. It is five paragraphs. Each paragraph is roughly three to five sentences that are not run-on sentences. Those contain the words and, or, comma, then, but. These things make your sentences too long. Keep them simple, direct, and to the point. There you go. Those are your five, three to five sentences. Your first paragraph. Hello, my name is, and I am applying for. I have a background in. Fill in the blanks. Paragraph two. I was able to find this role by, it interests me because of, all right, there you go. 
you're describing where, how this role came into your life and why you're interested in it. What calls you? Why are you passionate about finding this? Paragraph three, I believe I will be a good fit because of my, all right, cool. So I'm saying I belong here and I have experience or I have a skill set that might be valuable. Figure out what that might be. All right. Paragraph four, I look forward to being in this position as I can help here and here will help me grow. So not only is it a benefit to them as a company and them as a business and as an operation, but it's also a benefit for me because I'm growing. I like to see this sentence as an as a, uh, employer as well because I can see that somebody has a growth mindset. They're not just accepting this job because they feel like they're fully qualified. They're accepting this job because they know that they're going to grow and become a better person in my company. And that's a huge thing that a lot of camps really like to focus on. So I encourage you to write that. And then finally, your fifth paragraph is, thank you for the opportunity. I cannot wait to hear back from you. Um, uh, and, and it's that simple. Do not overcomplicate it. It should be a pretty short, pretty um, easy to read, size 12 font. You can do not, Times New Roman, Calabri, the simplest fonts you can think of. Um, and then just make sure you're labeling them appropriately. Again, templates, Google. Um, Word, they all have templates that you can use. Um, you'll also see that if you do those and that you fill these in properly with your CV and your cover letter, they will actually have a lot of uh, applications that you do now have autofill. They'll pull everything off for you and they'll fill in the document so you don't have to. And then finally, I always like to send an email if I put an application. Maybe not the day I put the application in, but the day after. And the email is pretty much my cover letter again. It's just saying, hi, to whom it concerns at this business, I would like to just uh, remark that I've sent my application in and I'm very excited about this opportunity. Please see my, um, my cover letter below and my CV attached. Um, I'm excited to talk further about this uh, potential employment. That's a great way to apply. There could be variations to it, but this is a really great way for you to get the attention, make sure you do it properly. Um, and if you want more advice, please, please, please reach out. Like Matt and I always do, our contact information in the show notes, I'm always willing to help someone or hire somebody um, <laughs> potentially for camp. So um, there's my suggestions to you and probably a really easy way to get hired if you want to work at Camp Winona. Yeah, seriously. We're going to be competing with each other for, for staff, maybe. <laughs> let's let's just yeah, say well, you want to work you want to work in canada come come to campfire circle you want to go in the states go to winona there you go yeah and and when you're thinking about this and doing positives and negatives i have a um a tropical beach only about all right uh, all right all right come on <laughs> all right matt do you have anything to add to that application process no i i think i think we covered it i'm ready for interviews Okay. So yeah, you slammed the interview. You got it. Okay. Let's talk about how you're going to present yourself in that interview. And I really quickly, before we start, just want to make a note on how you do the setting up of the interview. Some um, camps are still, um, are still like trying to communicate with you through email and maybe doing five or six emails to say, okay, what time are you free? Oh, I'm free on Tuesdays. Okay. What time on Tuesdays are you free? I am free after four o'clock. Okay. And they do five or six emails. That's totally fine. What I suggest is you be as distinct as possible when you answer that email the first time. If a camp director says, when are you available? You say, I'm available on Tuesday at 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6.30. Yeah, three right? times. Three Give times. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Three, 
three times, distinct times, and then they pick, it shows that you're decisive. It shows you know your schedule, and it shows you know what you're doing. Um, so don't don't give like half specific answers and then have to email back and forth. I don't want to keep sending emails. Other camps, if you're a camp director and you're listening to this, please, please, please move in and get a doodle, get a Calendly, um, any of the automatic schedulers. It's going to save you so much time, mm-hmm. honestly. All you do is keep you connected to your calendar. It does it pretty much automatically nowadays. And then you just need to make sure that your unavailable times are marked when you are like having a day off or you have another meeting or you know you're going to be driving somewhere. You just quickly go on to it. You mark that time. It is way easier than 15 emails with one person. And then you have 100 people. So there's my advice for directors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Matt, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're in the interview. You got to present yourself. Okay. Yeah. So I I think first of all, I want to talk about just like getting yourself your space set up for it as well. Um, and, and making sure that you're, you're knowing what's, what's going on. I think Oliver's right. Even like how you schedule those emails again, that's your first impression. Um, okay. So you've landed the interview. Most camp interviews, we're just going to pretend they're on zoom, but these translate to, to real life things as well. Um, and remember presentation does matter. I would say be prepared to have your camera on. I think just as Oliver said with the photo on the, um, on the resume. There's some equity things behind that. It is the standard that people's cameras are on. It's not required. Sometimes people don't want to be on camera, but but I'm, I want to know, like as a camp director, if I see if someone doesn't want to be on camera, you know, I'm going to be really curious about that. And I, I think fortunately, unfortunately, the way it is, being on camera, you definitely have that advantage, right? It, especially when, you know, we're working with kids. Um, we want to see how your body language is, how you present yourself and know that it's going to, it's going to be great for parents and for kids. Um, but so just be prepared for that. Now setting up your space, I say either go very plain, go virtual background, or if you're going to be real, make sure what is in the background is intentional. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you'll see that the background that I have behind me right now, it is, it's my office. I don't usually have a virtual background, but I, I have very like curated the things are, that are behind me right now. I've got some plants, some books. There's not my dirty laundry that's sitting around. Um, I don't have people walking in and out of the background behind me. It tells a story about me. An interviewer might notice my um, my dulcimer that's on the top of my bookshelf, and they're like, "What is that? Or why do you have a braid hanging? Or what's that picture from your wedding?" Like, there's some conversational pieces in my background. So I've made it either intentional or just a blank wall. Either is fine, but your background will tell a story about you if you choose to include it. Okay. Um, the other thing is just how your camera is placed. I think in my Eggle a couple episodes ago was just how you place your camera. You want it slightly above your nose so the camera is looking down on you and you want it to be still. You're not holding your phone. You're not, your laptop's like not on your lap. You want it to be staying in the same place and you want to be interacting with your webcam. Um, I don't always do it when we're podcasting, but you can see right now I'm looking at my webcam and you, it looks like I'm making eye contact with the people that are watching it right now. Um, if your space that you're setting up in is beyond your control, 
which happens. People live in very different living situations. Um, I think it's always okay to let your interviewers know that ahead of time. Um, I've had somebody email me saying, hey, just so you know, my house is under renovations. It's really loud. You know, I've got a big family and it, it's really hard for me to find a quiet space. So I'm going to go in my car <laughs> for, for this interview. And, and I thought that was kind of cool. You don't have to do that. Um, but just letting people know ahead of time that it, if you're going to be in a bit of a chaotic space, I think do Doing your best to not, though. I've also had somebody who's been like walking in an airport terminal, like trying to do their interview while like catching, trying to catch a flight. I would just find a better time for your interview where you're actually not going to be distracted yourself because you want to be able to be focused. So set up your space all around you, in front of your desk um, and behind you, that it's really intentional and that you're really, really ready to go. Those are my first couple tips, but Oliver, I'll pass it over to you for some. Uh, yeah, no, I like those. And, and I think one of the things you allude to is pick that time that works for you, right? Like find that time in the schedule where you have at least, you know, 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after to get yourself comfortable. For a lot of you, this may be your first like real interview, right? That you're doing it, especially over Zoom, right? So make sure you have that buffer on either side, really plan the occasion so that you're going to be comfortable when it happens uh, and not kind of thrown, thrown for a loop. If the camp director that you're talking to is saying, I need to meet between these two times, that's okay if it doesn't fit in your times. Just email them and say, hey, look, unfortunately, I'm in class, and then I have my extracurricular that goes until that time. I really can't find an availability. Is there another time that we could meet? And myself as a camp director, I had actually one of the interviews today was a gentleman. He thought like, oh, I got to fit this within this time window. He scheduled a meeting for me while he was still supposed to be in class. And when I started talking to him, I realized there were still things going on in the background. I said, hey, what's going on? And he said, oh, I'm like in class, um, but this is the only time that I thought I would be able to get a hold of you based on the times. And I said, don't worry about it. I can reschedule for later this evening what time works for you. And we just did it. And he was a great interview. The kid knew what he was talking about. It was fantastic. I was, I was very impressed with him when he had the opportunity to present himself yeah. in the way that he definitely could do it. Yeah. Um, I felt kind of like Simon Cowell whenever like someone starts singing and he goes, no, 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 hold on. Try this song. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden they sing it and it's like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so I think that's really important. Uh, <clears throat> next is have a confident voice practice, right? Um, what is that voice that you do when you're on stage or presenting? It's not a fake voice. It is your professional voice. It's the one that you're going to use when you talk to your camp director for the interview, yes, but it's also the one that you use for parents. It's the one that you use when you need to make sure your campers are kind of listening to you a little bit more because they know, oh, that is so-and-so's serious voice. They really want to talk to me. And it's also just the voice for me as the camp director that I'm looking for. Eventually in that interview, because you may be a little bit younger and it's your first time interview, that's going to fade away as the interview goes along. Mm -hmm. And me as the camp director, I'm going to get to know kind of the real you. But I want to kind of know right off the bat, what's your professional voice sound like? What's your confidence sounds like? And if you're saying like or um or not being able to track, it's going to be really hard for me to really want to focus on what you have to say. And and then the next thing is before you answer, pick the beginning, the middle, and the end of your answer, okay? Mm -hmm. Take that minute to pause, think about what the story of your answer is going to be, and then tell it. And I think something that's also really specific or really necessary is that your story is specific, right? Please, please, please don't answer a question during an interview if it doesn't have something specific to it 
um, when it definitely needs it. Even tack that on to a question that you might not think, right? If somebody, if a camp director is going to ask you a question that is something along the lines of describe yourself in one word, you can say, I would say the one word that describes me is passionate. And I know this to be true because of tell a story, mm-hmm. right? It allows me as the camp director to get to know you better. And if you have a beginning, a middle and end, and you can be clear and concise on it, it makes it a lot better. Yeah, I'm getting the one word from you, but now I also get a story. And now I know you can entertain kids by simply answering a one-worded question, or sorry, a one-worded answer. Um, and then a little trick I have is keep some water off to the side. That way you can pause. It, it looks purposeful. You take a little sip. Everyone goes, okay, cool. They just get a little sip of water. You're talking a lot. Nobody's going to hold that against you. Mm-hmm. Um, number one thing, have a notepad uh, and be seen taking notes. Um, so I always have a notepad on me um, or close by to me. And um, there, I remember doing an interview once where like, I didn't want to pull out the notepad because it felt like it was too much of a formal situation. But I, um, but I kept the notepad there by the side. And then after the interview was complete, I then like took the moment off to the side, like out in the lobby and I started writing things down. And then they saw me doing that and they're like, Oh, they paid attention. They just didn't want to write in front of me. Um, and that was an in-person interview that I did. So it was mildly different than kind of what we're talking about a lot here, which is those zoom interviews, which are getting much, much more common. Um, and then, like Matt was saying, your location is really important, uh, and I agree with him. We talked about that already. So, um, Matt, is there anything else that you want to mention as far as that interview process of presenting yourself? Yeah, the, these are really, really great tips, Oliver. And and I think it's just these these aren't intuitive. And and if you're learning these for the first time, that's okay. You're gonna you're gonna forget some of them. You'll get better over time. The last thing I just want to zoom out and kind of just gut check the philosophy on interviewing again. So just like, you know, your intention behind finding your job and your intention behind how your application presents you, I just want you to think about the intention of the interview. The intention of the interview is yes, to like talk about yourself and to answer the questions, but um, your resume has already talked about you. They know your background. They know your experience. What your job in the interview to do is to help the employer, help the director, whoever's interviewing you, see you in the role that you're applying for, right? I I find that the candidates that really stand out when I'm interviewing them are the ones that know the job, that they've looked at the job description and that they've tailored their answers to that job description. So much so that when when you're answering the question, Oliver gave you a great little format for answering them, um, and telling a story, but it should always come back to, you know, and I think that this is why I will be able to offer a really great drama program to the kids. And, or like, I know that for the camp musical every week, I have lots of experience to teach the drama and dance part of it. And, and you know, you've slipped in that little thing that you know about the camp. You know that there's a musical every week because you went on the website. And giving them some really specific tie backs is really, really important to, um, again, helping them see you in that role. Even if you're applying just for a general role, they want to see you as part of um, not just the job, but part of the camp community. They want to see what you'll be like when you're when you're helping out a kid who's missing home. They, they just want to see you in that job. So that's, that is your goal with all of your answers. So really tailoring it. And the last thing I'll say is just don't lie. Man, oh man, 
man, I it, it you think it's sneaky sometimes, or you maybe like embellish a bit on your resume. Um, Camp camp folks are pretty perceptive people and interviewers in general are pretty perceptive people. And the last thing that you would want to do is get caught up in a story. Sometimes it happens and you maybe embellish a little bit and then you're going to get asked that follow-up question that is just going to make your story like crumble apart. And um, it's tempting to do, especially if you really, really want a job, but just go the honest route. And, you know, I, I think I would also just on that note, just practice what it looks like to not know the answer to a question and how to pivot. Um, and the tip that I'll give for that, so say someone asks you, you know, um, what are your, if you're coming to work for a campfire circle and I ask you something about, um, you know, what's your experience working with a, a medical population? It's not what we ask, but if that was the question and you don't have any, any experience, you can take a second and say, that's a really great question. I'm just going to take a second and think about it. You could take like 10 seconds and no one's going to care. So I'm thinking in those 10 seconds, what is, what is about a medical population? What do I need to, how do I convey this? You can say, well, this will be my first time working with a camp camper population like the one at campfire circle, but I know what it's like to have people not understand me and understand what I'm going through. And I think it's really important that um, I'll get to learn about how, what these kids are going through and how I can support them and making sure that they have the same camp experience that any other kid would have. Something like that. I'm not saying that's the best answer, but at least you're showing honesty and you're showing that, um, you know, how you're going to approach that situation being someone who's brand new in that. Because it's not that camps are looking for someone with that specific experience. They're looking for someone who's adaptable and someone who's going to take that very seriously and learn a lot about it. But I would also say if you're applying to a camp that is specifically for kids with cancer or kids with a specific medical diagnosis, maybe learn a little bit, watch a couple of YouTube videos before. Um, and that's a good way to bolster your knowledge and at least have some answers ready for that question. Yeah. And I think the, the thing there too, Matt, that you really hit on is it's not just about your experience. Like a lot of camp directors recognize they might be hiring someone for their first job yeah. or they might be hiring somebody who's never worked in this area before. And I do ask people what their experience is with children when I do my interviews. Yeah. But something I look for is, okay, maybe they have only taken care of like a sibling or a nephew. Um, they've never been a babysitter or maybe they haven't really actually truly worked with kids. But what your answer there, Matt, and what I think you allude to as well, it's not just about seeing that you have, somebody has the experience, but do they have the skill sets that I'm looking for that I can shape and coach into a great child care provider? All right. So now Matt and I are going to move on to topic number four, which is typical questions that you need to know the answers for. These are the ones that every camp director pretty much under the sun is pretty much asking in their interviews um, so that they know that they got the basics covered. So um, I'm going to hit on mine first because I'm really hitting on the logistics of everything that I need to know in order to make things work. So my first one as a camp director is I need to know dates. All right. You need to come into that interview knowing what your dates are going to be. Um, if you don't know what the camp dates are, you can generally take a guess based off of what they operated at the previous year. So you just look at the previous year's schedule if you can find it um, or you can even ask about this. Yep. Um, but Going into an interview, knowing your dates. When do you graduate high school? Um, when does 
um, the school year ends? Uh, when do you actually become free? Do you have any responsibilities from your family throughout the summer? Uh, when do you have to go back to school or a general idea of when you have to go back to school? All these things are really important for me as the camp director because I need to know what weeks I'm going to have you. And a lot of camps nowadays are... I don't want to say struggling with staff because they found a way to work with this. And that is some staff are working part of the summer. So they work the first half of the summer. Some staff are working the second half of the summer. Some staff are working two weeks in the middle of the summer and three weeks at the end of the summer. And um, they're kind of all over the place. It's, but we need to know what your availability is. I prefer that you're available all summer. That's my goal. I want to hire somebody who comes in day one for staff training and will leave on the last day of camp. And I'm excited to have you there the whole time. Um, Some camps, um, have to operate in a different way. So um, my advice to you is know your dates, okay? Um, next, what are your skill sets, okay? Just like you put everything on your resume and you should have put things in your cover letter about your skill sets, what are the things that you can do that set you apart or are just good skills, right? Because they're going to ask you questions along the lines of what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Um, what is something um, that you feel accomplished at? Right? What are the skills? What are the stories? What are the things that you can put in there right away? And that goes in line with your work experiences, right? The other is, what are your hobbies? What is your general life like? I lo- the first question I think most people ask in an interview is, tell me about yourself, right? What do you do? What are, what's fun? How do you enjoy a day, right? These are the things I'm looking for because I'm not just looking for an answer where you say, oh, I really enjoy playing basketball. I'm looking for why you enjoy playing basketball, you know, or um, why you like spending time with your family and why that's the most important part of your day. Or, um, you know, um, how do you tell me this? How do you fill me with the richness of your life, richness of your life in the first minute or two that I'm getting to know you um, that I actually want to keep talking to you? So honestly, that might be one of the most important questions that you learn how to answer is um, tell me about yourself. What are your hobbies? What do you do? Um, and just having that answer ready for that first two minutes, I think is super important. Um, and those are a few things that I think you just need to know the answer to. Um, a lot of people think about all the trick questions in the book that are going to come after you. And if you try to think about all of them, it's like going to trivia night. You never know what they're going to ask. All right. You can't study for everything, but if you know the basics of who you are and what your life is and what your trajectory is, like with your dates, you're going to be able to answer the majority of those questions effectively um, to the way that they're going to need those answers. So those are my advice for those questions and answers that you need to know. Matt, what are some things that you put in, the, put in there? For sure. I, I think being able to articulate your passion for something is actually really, really helpful. And finding out what makes you special and being able to ha- how to articulate that. When I was at Pierce Williams, that was one of the leading questions that we asked is, tell me something that you're passionate about. And what I always looked for was not for someone who had a specific passion necessarily. Like, I, I don't want to hear someone say like, oh, I am very passionate about working with children. And I've done that because I'm a babysitter and I want to become a teacher. It, you know, maybe that is your passion working with kids, but I want to really hear about like what makes you curious about kids or I love when kids do this and I, and I, and I'm really excited and then apply it to the job. And I don't, I don't care what your passion is. As long as you can share it with kids, if it's Dungeons and Dragons, if it's, even if it's video games, you not that we're going to play video games at camp, some camps maybe, but you know, at most camps you won't. Um, but 
if you can share the knowledge of like why you love it and then how you would adapt like a video game, how to make a Minecraft session at camp or those kinds of things, I'm all for that because you're talking passionately. And I think that's also a kind of a good crutch if you're feeling nervous about your camp interview. Um, talking about what you're passionate about, it's easy to do that. And, and you know, you don't have to talk forever about it. Don't You don't have to talk about all the different things you love about Minecraft, but really sharing from the heart why you love it and how it's going to apply um, to kids. The second question that so, I think just, just to be prepared for is what questions do you have for us? And I think that this is, this is one that most people are going to ask at the end of the interview. And usually like I'm not fishing for someone to ask me a really great question, but if you feel like you haven't like shown your knowledge of the camp or there's something about yourself that you want to share, um, it's, it's a, your chance to say, I, I would say, Oh, you know, there was something that I, I forgot to mention. This is a specific experience that I want to bring up. Don't don't do something just for the sake of filling it. But if there's, if there's a critical point about yourself that the questions didn't get across, that that what questions do you have for us is a good moment where they've kind of given you the mic. The other thing you can do is ask them a question and you can use the website for a little bit of knowledge behind this and make sure that it's about the job that you're not just like pandering to show them that you've looked at the website. But some some replies that I've heard lately that I thought were really interesting. They said one one uh, candidate asked me, how staffed are you? <laughs> and how staffed do you want to be? And I was like, whoa, that's a really like profound question. They asked that because they had worked at a camp where they were really understaffed and it was really stressful. And um, we had a really great conversation just stemming from that question. And it showed me that they're being really intentional about where they want to work. I, I loved that question. Um, you could ask more about their programs. You could ask how long staff typically stay, how many summers they stay at their camp. Ask about opportunities for growth and professional development year over year. Like when I when I come back, what are what are jobs that are available for um, for second year staff and third year staff? You could ask a little bit more about why the camp director got into camping full time, or what their philosophy is on um, on staff management. That's kind of a cool question. Or uh, maybe ask, this is one of my favorite ones, ask the, ask the person who's hiring about what someone who was really successful in that role did that the camp director noticed or that, that they noticed that was particularly successful. I think that's a great one because you are learning as a candidate then what it takes to be successful and what that director really values in staff. Because it, you know, it might be that the camp really values um, like magical camp programming, like doing the coolest thing with kids ever. Or maybe the camp really values making connections with kids. Um, and and yes, camps are, are valuing both of those things, but there's definitely, the people have biases. They have one thing that they care about more than the other. So it's kind of cool to discover that and shows that you're really thinking about it and you're getting into that job really intentionally. You're knowing the, the climate that you're stepping into before you get there. So. What questions do you have for us? And tell me something you're passionate about or two that I would kind of be ready for. Um, all right. So with that being said and kind of going through it, Matt, what are some like secret questions that you really enjoy asking uh, in an interview? What's your like kind of go-to um, little quick question to be like, hmm, I want to see what the answer is to this one. Oh, that's a great question. I think that what what am I what are you passionate about is is one that I really throw in because it's not very conventional. Um, another one, 
Another one that I've asked, I try to keep my questions like pretty focused on, you know, the job at hand or like what's going to, um, what, what, like what's going to come up in that job. But a very common one that I think is very applicable is I frame it like this. I say, okay, you have one hour, you're at camp, you have one hour and you're with a group of kids. And I say, you can pick the number of kids, the age of those kids, the gender of those kids, if that's important to you and the location of camp. And you have like a pretty, you have a modest budget. You could spend a little bit of money. And I say, I want you to think about this one. Take a little bit of time, grab a piece of paper, and I want you to think about what you would do with those kids for one hour at camp that would absolutely knock their socks off, that they would go home telling their parents about. And then I just wait and I give lots of time. And then I really, I, I really see what they would do to fill time with, with kids and fill time really intentionally. Um, and I've, I've seen a range of somebody telling me like, Oh, we would go for a walk. <laughs> and I, and I said, okay. I have you would go for a walk and that's it. They, it wasn't even like, we'll go for a walk and pretend like we're in a magical kingdom. Like that was their answer after a couple of minutes of waiting. And, and that's fine. That's, that told me about where their creative programming strengths lie. Maybe they're good at other stuff, but coming up with creative programs is something that that candidate clearly needs to work on. And then on the other side, I had somebody create a whole world right in front of me of like, this is the story. They are, they are these characters. This is how the session is going to play out. And I would use the, I would get the cook involved and I would ask if they could make this special meal at the end. And we would go on this quest. I would get you as the camp director to show up in your car and kidnap me. It was like, <laughs> they, they, it was like a whole season of like Ozark in, <laughs> in one like answer to this question. Um, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. So just again, I asked that question because I want to, I want to know more about what they're going to actually do as that person in the job. Um, so that's, that's, that's one that I like throwing in. What about you, Oliver? Uh, I definitely have a couple and I, I definitely flow through them. One is my personal favorite is if you had a warning label on your forehead, what would it say? Mm. Um, I just like it because it, it kind of catches people a little off guard and it's still essentially asking what's your weakness. But um, a lot of the times people take it a little bit like playfully because it's a playful question. Right. So I learn like, oh, I sleep in a little bit. I'm always late. Um, I talk too much. And I can get a good idea of, you know, what their personality is and, you know, maybe what that pet peeve is that other people might get a little upset about with them during the summer. And I can kind of plot and plan around that when I'm, you know, getting my staff together because I also can kind of start to find out, you know, what is somebody else's pet peeve. Do they not like it when their co-sleeps in? Cool. Probably not going to go to the one who has a warning label of, I can't wake up in the morning. Mm. Um, I also really like asking them to like grab a personal item, something that's close by to them and tell me about it. You know, is it a trophy, a stuffed animal, a gift that they received from a loved one? Um, or is it just kind of something random? Um, it lets me see a couple things. Are they, can they be legitimate with me and authentic about describing something and open up a little bit about something personally? Um, but also how do they present it? You know, do they tell me the story of that item? Do they really show it off and make sure I can see it? Um, do they go into like details about it or is it really quick? Like, Oh, this is like my grandfather's watch. He wore it and, and now I have it. Um, that's really cool. But like, all right, did, what do you know about your grandfather wearing that watch? What about your grandfather's life? That was really amazing. That made him keeping that watch kind of cool. Cause if that watch was on his wrist when he did all this amazing stuff, that's 
cool. I want to hear about that. So I'll even ask information like that. And all of a sudden you start to, you, you start to figure out, Oh, um, does my candidate pay attention to other people because he doesn't know too much about his grandfather? Um, so those are little things that, you know, I can find out from that simple question of show off something, a personal item that's close by to you. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've learned about stuffed animals and how many people who are above the age of 18 who still have pillows and blankets that are important to them and they have kept them for this for as long as they have. Yeah. So um, don't feel embarrassed. It's, it's, it shows that me that you have commitment to something, um, yeah. which I actually really like. Um, but those are a few of my questions. Um, I have a couple other secret ones that I definitely enjoy and I'll pull out every once in a while um, based off of how the candidate's answering. But um, those are some ones that I really like. Um, but with that being said, <clears throat> we may or may not be doing an interview later in the day um, for um, you guys to see kind of what a practice interview is like. But right now, we're going to finish off today's episode with the one thing that we always have consistent, and that is our Eggle, the ever-growing, ever-learning. It's a trick, a tip, a game, or a song for counselors to use to become better every day. And Matt, what are you doing? What's your uh, Eggle for today? Yeah, I, I've been going, I think I've been doing a lot of like app and technology Eggles, but um, they, they helped me out in my life, and I, I wish that I had them when I was... Uh, when I was, you know, in university, they would help keep me on track. Um, the one I'll, I'll share today is called AnyList, A A N Y L I S T, and the link will be in the show notes for for it as well. But um, it's essentially just a, an app that does lists really, really well. And I have them as widgets on one of the screens of my phone. I think I like swipe swipe right maybe twice to get to my list and. Um, I have one for like groceries and you can even, this makes me seem like such a dork. This is such a 30 year old answer thinking that something is cool. But regardless, I have the list like organized by like aisle in the grocery store. So that when I go to the grocery store, I know exactly what is in which aisle and where, and I make my list and I just go, I don't have to think about it. Um, or, you know, I, I could think about like a packing list for camp or like things I need to do before camp or like the countdown to camp. What assignments do I need to get done? And you just throw it in a list and you get to like physically check those things off um, to help you look forward to camp or to help you pack for camp or anything like that. Um, seriously, anything, your things you need to think about during the summer. You, if, your phone, if your camp lets you use your phone um, and you're using it intentionally, obviously, like we talked about a couple episodes ago, um, you, know, you could use that list to remember something every day or write down the names of your kids, uh, kids or the other staff who you want to make interactions with. And then privately, you can be like, okay, I talked to Timmy today. We had this great conversation. I'm going to check Timmy off the list. And the next day, that list is going to refresh and Timmy will be back on there so you know to make another interaction. I think just like checklists and to-do lists and all those things are just really helpful for keeping um, your world grounded because, you know, things are a busy place and there's lots to do, but to get it all down on a piece of paper or an app that you're going to check regularly is going to help. It seriously will help with your mental health. It, it certainly has helped with mine. So as dorky as it is, check out any list. All right. Uh, download it today. Um, Matt gets uh, 10% for every download that you use. Um, <laughs> I wish. Uh, all right, my uh, my Eggle is the, is a really simple one. You can find it at your local um, Walmart um, or um, I, the Canadian equivalent. Do you have Walmart in Canada? We have yeah. Walmart. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sorry. I'm, I get really playful at the end of these shows. Um, my <laughs> it, 
My uh, advice for you, my eggle, is uh, Downy Wrinkle Release Spray. Uh, it is a spray. Please don't ask me if it is safe for the environment. That's a question for the Downy people. Um, however, I will say <laughs> that if you are a uh, if you are a young person in a pinch and you don't have time to steam or iron your clothes, Downy Wrinkle Release has you covered. A couple sprays from the bottle and your deepest wrinkles will disappear. Um, so you are ready for that interview. And um, you can uh, check the links in the show notes for a coupon. Just kidding. Still being <laughs> playful. All right. If you did enjoy today's show, we'd be so grateful you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only tell us what you like about and don't like about the show, but it helps boost our rankings and helps more people discover the show. And also don't forget that you can find all of our show notes at gocamp.pro slash FCC. I posted the links to those recruiting services and our eggles often will go in there. So please do check those out. Gocamp.pro slash FCC. Thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camp is camp and camp is all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage Camp Pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.